Good morning, Hope Church. How are you guys this morning? So today, it's a little worse than the last time I did this, the first time that I did this, because now David happens to be sitting right here. <laughs> I wasn't exactly counting on that, you know. I thought first time he didn't see it, so he called me again to do it again. But now, this may be the last time you guys see me up here. <laughs> so I got jokes that I have, you know. Anyway. Uh, my daughter says uh, they're all dad jokes. She doesn't laugh at them. So today we're starting with a, uh, with a, se- a series of, uh, of four letters, right? Hope. Well, first hope. You guys know what that hope, hope means? The word hope. Ho- the word hope means earnest expectation. Meaning something that you know that is coming. Something that is certain. Something that is sure. So what do we know that is sure that is coming? It's our Lord Jesus Christ, right? He came and he died and he's coming back for us. So, it's a great word. That's why we, we ended up choosing it. as a, When we were studying all this, we ended up choosing hope because, you know, we couldn't find a better word to describe who, who is the author of our faith. So, today we start on the letter H. And the letter, the letter H uh, stands for, in this case, for hearing with uh, hearing with faith, right? Yes. Okay. Give me a chance. I'm going to loosen up a little, but it's going to take a minute. I had a little freak out this morning before we came here. But uh, so uh, hearing with faith. So we're going to start on Galatians 3.5. And since we're going to jump right into that verse, I'm going to give you a little context of what was happening. So Paul writes this to the, to the Galatians to redirect the church because there had been missionaries who told the Gentiles that in order to follow Christ, in order to be Christians, followers of Christ, right, uh, they had to follow parts of the, the Jewish law and be circumcised. So when we read that, you know, when, when we understand that, well, I'm going I'm to go on to the verse for you before I get going. So on verse 5, Galatians 3, verse 5, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith. So here, are, you know, these people are thinking that they still have to follow the law. And sometimes we, you know, we may look at that and think, first of all, for me, I think it was the first time that I should actually slow down to pay attention to what he's saying and why Paul is writing this. But uh, the, the other thing about it is that uh, it's something that we do very often. You know, it's something that we, we tie ourselves to. You know, and we look at these people and we think, man, they missed the whole thing, right? I mean, Christ came over to fulfill the law. You know, why are they trying to still continue to follow the law? Well, the law, there's nothing wrong with the law. You know, but the, thing, the only thing that is wrong with the law is the fact that we cannot follow it. That we cannot fulfill it. So that's why Christ came. So, uh, but let's go back to hearing with faith. Hearing. Hearing with faith, you know, hearing and obeying is actually what the Greek interpretation of the word hearing is. So, I'm not stealing from you, Mike. I know you're doing next week, and that's obeying. So, but uh, hearing and obeying, you know, hearing and obeying, meaning it implies an action. It's not something that just goes into one ear and out the other, and you heard the word, and it did nothing for you. And it did nothing, had no life in it, Right? It has to change the way that you see things. It has to change the way that you live your life, right? So that's why hearing and obeying implies action. 
which takes me to the next word, faith. Man, have you guys ever run into somebody that tells you, questions your beliefs, question Christianity, question why do you even go to church? Why do you give money to the church? You know, I don't get it. And you'll say, well, because it's my faith. Well, what is that? You know, I started trying to look this up and understand it. And uh, in, in looking it up, I'm talking about uh, a little bit of reading and a lot of praying. I was asking God to basically show me and understand what faith is because I couldn't come up with an answer. If somebody comes over and asks me today, what is faith? How do you explain to them faith? You know, it's a really difficult uh, answer to give. So, faith is believing without seeing. That's easy to say and easy to throw it out there and tell people, you know, this is what it means. But then, did I do enough? Did I say enough? Are they understanding what faith is? I mean, why would they actually believe without seeing? You know, and in, you can use little things that I've seen through the years and little videos and all that. We stand on this planet, no wonder if we're going to float off. You know, we have faith that um, there is gravity, and that gravity holds us down to this ground. You know, uh, we come out and sit on these chairs knowing they're going to hold us. We don't second guess it. We don't test it. We don't just pound on a little bit to see if they're going to hold us or not. So those are things that we take for granted, right? But it's, we're exercising faith in a very mundane way and very everyday thing, you know. But... Uh, with God, how do you get faith? You know, you can't get it. It has to be given to you. It's something that comes directly from Him to us. It's something that, uh, that I wrote on this. I said, you know, you can't explain it. You can't touch it. And here I am trying to explain it, right? So you can't explain it. You can't touch it. You can't buy it. You can't just get it. But it will change everything about you. You know, I, I didn't grow up in the church. You know, if you guys don't know me, and the ones that know me, you know what I'm saying is probably falling short. But uh, I'm pretty rough. I'm rough on the edges. God has changed my life completely. But uh, uh, when I say rough, I mean rough, meaning to people compared to all, um, some of my friends like David, you know, who, uh, you know, he's been a very big influence in my life. Uh, but... Uh, but basically, I'm not saying that because he's sitting right here and he's the pastor, but it's true. You know, it's many times you can ask David, many times, and you're welcome to share. But uh, many times I haven't gone to David and go like, man, I got a problem with this. I'm not, I'm not liking it. You know, and I fight because if you see me on, on the everyday, I'm, I'm a very passionate guy. I don't know, you know, Mike is shaking his head going like, yes, <laughs> because I've gone through some with him too. But... Uh, uh, but going back to this, uh, you can't explain it. You can't touch it. You can't buy it. You can't just get it. But it will change everything about you. When you come to Christ, when Christ calls you, when he puts up, I was going to say a little bit of faith, but man, it's all of it. When he puts faith in you, he changes the world in front of your eyes. All of a sudden, everything you see has a different meaning. All of a sudden, everything you see is not the way you saw it before. And you're still trying to go back to those ways, right? And trying to fight back into the way that you know the world. But it's not going to happen because you can't. Because the Holy Spirit comes in and changes everything little by little. 
let me look at my notes. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, okay, see, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, okay, <laughs> got to check myself. See, this is only my third time. I did once uh, children's ministry, but uh, anyway, so, uh, so here, uh, here we are, you know, talking about faith. And he says, well, I wrote that the, Sp- the Holy Spirit will not take it away from you. The sin, the old ways, all your corruption that you learned from, in my case, from my house, from my dad, from my mom became a Christian, so I, I can't say from my mom because she'll get mad at me. She may be watching, but I, I'm saying, uh, <laughs> but I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying, uh, uh, she also wasn't a Christian. She became a Christian later, and so there was a lot of things we grew up with. You know, a very broken home. I left my house when I was 14 years old. You know, and I look at my kids today. Luca is 13, almost 14, 13 and a half. And, uh, man, I can't imagine him, you know, going out on his own. But uh, that's, that's a different story. Is that because we baby our kids, right? And we're still trying to, to teach him as kids. But at 13 years old, he should be a man, according to the old Jewish law. But uh, that's not how we live today. Anyway, so... so the Holy Spirit will come over and start changing your life, changing you little by little, little by little. But the way that He changes you is not by taking it away, but by sh- bringing light into it and showing you the sand that you're living into for what it really is. But more than that, by the way that God sees it. You know, so if we could understand, if we actually had a second to see through God's eyes how He sees our sin. And the fact that we, this is a temple of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, right? And we bring the sin into our own lives, into our own bodies, into our own mind, and the Holy Spirit resides there. Man, we're bringing trash into His house. We can't do that. So, here I am trying to hold my tears, and I'm about to talk about that in a minute. In a bad way to me. You know, so, but anyway, so... That brings him to the first point. Am I going too quick? Am I good? Okay. That brings me to the first point. And the first point is hearing and obeying. That is, it's an action. Remember that. Hearing and obeying is an action. When you read the Bible, don't just read through it. Slow down. You know, sometimes, you know, we think, well, how much did you read today? Well, I read a chapter or or, uh, whatever it is that you read, you know. But did you just go through it because he was the good mechanics of it? In a way, it's not bad to do that because he creates a, a habit. So now you're in a habit of always reading the Word of God. And man, there's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing but gain. But I would say if you read a chapter and you don't remember it, what I do sometimes, I play it in my truck as I'm driving. I do a lot of driving. So uh, I play it in my truck, in my, in my phone, and I'm listening to it again. And there's times when I go like, did I read that? I don't remember that. You know, and so then you can go back and read it again, remembering what you think that you did not remember the first time you read it, right? So it'll help you understand more and simulate more and think little things like this, like what I was talking about in here, you know, when, it's, when, when we read uh, Galatians 3, 5, that's he who supplies the Spirit. Who is that? It's Jesus. And who is Jesus? Jesus is God, right? We know that from John 1, 1. And... Uh, and he, uh, he works miracles among you. That's Jesus again. When the apostles were doing miracles, they were doing it in the power of Christ. 
They were not doing it by their own authority. So slow down and take your time to actually read and understand what you're reading. So let's go to, uh, so yeah, first point was hearing and obeying implies an action. And that action is by us. So I hope you guys remember that, you know, when you read Bible, when you go out on your daily day, you know, use that in your day. We're, we're meeting people. You don't have to just, uh, I mean, you do, but I'm saying, you know, you don't have to just know Bible to sp spit out Bible to people, especially not in self-defense. Uh, but uh, you need to live your life in a way that people see it. I'll you, this was not part of this, but I'm going to share it. Uh, so I go with Ruben. We go to the gym pretty much every day. And, uh, and we were at the gym one day, and this is big guy. He's huge. You know, and uh, Ruben and I are sizable, but this guy, he was like me and him put together. He was big. And he's working out right next to us. And Ruben turns around with some weights and goes right next to the guy. And, and the guy said, if you touch me with those weights, I'll toss you across the gym. And we didn't hear it. You know, like, what? what? What was that man thinking? He's just chatting with us. And he said it again, but crunching teeth and more angry. And, uh, and we were like, oh, sorry. And we got quiet. I know we're working out. We're just, you know, we're working out biceps too. So we're doing biceps. And, and I mean, I look in the mirror and I see Ruben and he's like this too. He's, you know, we're pumped. We're like, this didn't just happen to me, did it? You know, we're angry. And all of a sudden, this guy comes back again. And he goes, man, I'm really sorry. And I look at the guy. And it, because first, I thought he's coming to fight us. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't know that between the two of us could have taken him. There's no way. Not only that we're not supposed to be doing that anyway. So. <laughs> but so he comes over. He does that. You know, and I look at him and go, oh, that's all right, man. And, and Ruben goes like, what? He goes, man, I'm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. I, I'm really, and I look at the guy, his eyes are full of tears. You know? So at that point, I, we could have done two things. One, take advantage of the fact that he's weak and let him have it. Or the other one, just pat him on the back and say, hey, man, that's all right. You know, that day we, we started a little bit of a relationship. And through time, he's going to get to see more and more of us, right? So that's what I mean when we need to, when we need to leave Christianity. Every single thing you do, somebody gets mad at you, they honk at you, whatever. I'm, I'm a bad driver. Uh, but uh, just take it easy. You know, just remember who you are. And remember that that may be the start of something beautiful where God gets to be a, a, part, of, a part of it or all of it. Okay. So let's go to uh, Numbers 13, verses 1 and 2. So it says, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send the men, every one a chief among them. So that's another one of those, you, you know, again, you can, everything you read, take your time. Because when I was reading this, you know, the first thing that struck me is that I, you know, well, let's go part by part. It says on the, on the, on the, on the first uh, verse, it says, uh, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, so the Lord spoke to Moses saying, you know, this is God talking directly to the one that he put above all the people. 
And the same guy that has brought him out, and they've seen every single miracle happen through him. Well, not through him, but by the hand of God. But Moses being used in all of this to direct them, right? So the authority was definitely first for God, from God. And second, is coming directly by the head of state, let's say. By the guy that they all place their 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 faith. The faith is in God. But I'm saying the one that they're all taking direction from. So, then says... Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Which I am giving to the people of Israel. Right? He doesn't say, which I, if you guys are, you know, powerful enough, you know, well, you're going to have to start working out, you know, eat a little less carbs, you know, change your life a little bit and start doing, you know, more war things. I don't know what they did, but, uh, you know. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I am giving it to the people of Israel. That's not Moses either. That's God saying, I am giving it to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send the men. So there's 12 tribes. So one representing each one of those tribes. In my mind, I'm not sure this is why God did it, but in my mind, God sends one man from each one of those tribes because he wants the people to, or from each one of those tribes to actually have certainty that what they're hearing is true. The report they're going to hear when they come back, right? You know, if you, if you think about it, 12 tribes, what do we do? You know, we always compete against, you know, uh, this church is better than that church, my church is better than yours, blah, blah. We even do that here today, you know. Uh, not us. They do that. Not us. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so, uh, so from each tribe you should send the men, everyone a chief among them. So don't send the worst guy. You're going to send somebody that people trust, somebody, somebody that the people already know to be in power, and they hear what they said. They're used to taking direction from them. So it's a it's a full thing, you know. It's a full little package, you know, only. In only two verses, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the, uh, the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send men, everyone a chief among them. So at the end of the 40 years, these guys, 40 years, 40 days, these guys go out to scout the line, right? The land. And at the end of 40 days, they come back. And what do they have to share? A lot of good things and a lot of bad things. They go out there and they find out that, hey, the land, I mean, there's fruit that you would not believe the size of it. There's like big old fruits and there's lots of fruit and the land produces, everything's green, it's beautiful. Imagine the best of our, of our summers here, you know, but I'm talking maybe spring, not summer. But when everything's green and it's beautiful, multiplied, you know, everything's just perfect, you know. And so, but... There's a big bad on that one. There is the people of, of uh, the people of the land are actually they're giants, and they devour themselves. That's what the Bible says. There's no way that we can take them down. They are powerful. You know, we we do not have the power to overcome them. You know, plus these guys think about this. Not only that, that what they're sharing, but also they're coming back in. And they're saying. Man, we've been out on the desert for 40 days. We're hungry. We're tired. You know, we haven't seen our families in 40 days and 40 nights. We slept on the wilderness. You know, 
you know, what you know, we're done for now. They're basically putting their hands down and saying, we can't do this. We're not powerful enough. They didn't go out there on humvees and helicopters. They walked. And they walked around the land. And they collected some fruit. They brought back some fruit to show how great the fruit was from the, from the land, right? So what God said was all, was all true. So these guys, I'm going to go back to my other page. So these guys, they come back. And out of the 12, they, uh, I was going to say, out of the 12 or 13, no. Out of the 12, there is nine guys who are actually saying this. But there is three guys who are actually bringing not only the bad report, but also the good report. They say, yeah, the fruit is good. The land is beautiful. We need to go back. I mean, these guys actually, they just came back as well as the other nine. They just came back. They're tired. They're wore out. I can imagine their feet. You know, they didn't have Nikes and New Balance or whatever we were today. They went out there, if not barefooted, wearing very precarious shoe wear. I don't know what they wore back then, sandals of some sort, but, uh, which I never wore a pair myself. But uh, these guys come back tired, hungry. I imagine the 40 days, 40 nights, they probably lost some weight too, you know, thirsty, dirty, missing their families. You know, they're ready to just settle. But instead of doing that, they say, man, let's go back. We walk with the Lord. They may be big. They may be mighty. But we got God with us. We got God with us. You guys think about that? How does that apply in our lives? There's times you can ask my wife. December comes about. And my business begins to slow down because people take vacations. But also, I'm in the apartment industry. They got budget set for, for the year on each one of the complexes. And so by the end of the year, they run out of money. And so my work begins to slow down. And then I start to lose it. Because I got lots of people to keep busy, my business to continue to produce. And I start getting nervous. And all of a sudden, I start losing my patience. I was going to say losing my cool, but that's too cool for church. So, so basically, the fears begin to take over. Instead of knowing and understanding that I walk with the Lord, and that I, I, all I got to do is just keep on going. God will provide. I need to not put my hands down. But I get nervous. You know, we all do. So I don't know what your fears may be, but uh, you got to place it before God. You got to understand that we don't walk alone. You know, I may not be powerful, but he is. I may be getting old and tired and hurting, but he's not. He's the same yesterday as today as he was yesterday. He's still the Almighty, right? So, let me catch up, see what am I. Okay, Numbers 14, 1, 3. 1 through 3. Uh, I almost read slide 2. Uh, then all the... Uh, then all the congregation of Israel, no. Yeah, okay, I just, mine is, okay. So all the congregation of Israel, no, so all the congregation raised a loud cry. And the people wept, uh, wept that night. And all of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They are grumbling against Moses and Aaron. The, the two guys that they've been talking to God, well, it was Moses, but uh, Aaron was his right hand. You know, they've been talking to God continuously, getting him out of the, the hands of the, of, of the 
Egyptians bringing it to the wilderness when they had no water, getting water for them when they had no food, getting food for them, I mean, bringing the word of God every single day, you know, and these guys are not only doubting, but on top of that, coming over and accusing it, you know, coming over and going like, David, it's your fault, you know, they were doing that to Moses. No, they're not saying, hey, you know what, let's sit down and pray about this. They're not saying, you know, let's put God first. These are horrible people, right? But that's us. How often do we do that? You know, how often do we doubt God? And how often, if, if David only knew my conversation between me and my wife, if John only knew my conversation between me and my wife, why is David doing this? Why is John doing this? Why is the church? Why not? Well, how about if I got a question, come on and talk to David. How about if, if I got, a, if I got a, a, a worry? How about I pray to God first? Sit down, pray to God, bring some peace, take some time, understand that, uh, that I'm not just being led by emotions. Emotions are dangerous. You know, when God is moving you in emotions, it's a different deal. But, uh, but when you are being led by yourself, by your own emotions, man, we see trouble throughout uh, the history of the church, the, the history of the world. So, <clears throat> so the congregation goes over and complains against uh, Moses and Aaron. Then the whole congregation uh, said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Man, these people, I'm telling you. But we do that. We do that all, all the time. Sometimes, you know, we change jobs. And then we, you know, we're all about the new job. And then a few days later, we are actually going like, man. What did I do? Why did I change jobs? What? If you're going to change jobs, first of all, pray. Second of all, wait for direction. And third of all, embrace it fully. If you go in there and you're not liking what you see, and I say that not only about work but church. If you, I've talked to David and John about this a million times, Mike too, several people. Kelly, Kelly actually, dissenting with Kelly. We talked to his, we've been in a group for a long time now. And uh, if you don't like something about church, don't run to another church because it may not even the church that has a problem. It may be you that has a problem, you know. So you're going to take that same problem to another church and now have another problem there, the same problem there. And now you're going to blame them as well. You know, well, I've been to, I got, I got a couple of friends actually. Uh, that, yeah, you guys know them. Anyway, so I got a friend who told, who told me and Ruben the other day, you know, I've been through three churches. You know, well, Ruben said to him, you know, man, you need to go to church. Because he was being himself, you know, and uh, not Ruben, but the other guy. And, uh, and Ruben said, this is not, I'm not, this is not uh, gossip. If, if he was here, which I wish he was, uh, I could say it to him too, because I say it to him too. You know, we, we're good friends. So Ruben said, you know, you need to go to church. And he said, man, been there, done that. And man, I got my feathers ruffled. And I said, do you know what the Bible says about the person who actually goes to church and then quits? 
It's like a house that got cleaned up and made all beautiful and ready for the new inhabitant to come out and, and, and settle. But then, I'm obviously, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but then, he didn't go back. You know, so that house now, got the, 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 the evil spirit that was there before went back, but brought seven, seven friends worse than himself. So, if you guys think about it, I'm not trying to point fingers, you know, but I'm saying, if you think about it, you know, you can see that on people that have been to church and become so better about churches. You know, so don't be one of those. Understand that uh, the God is real, but not only God, the demons are real. The devil is real. The Bible is not only about the God being, you know, powerful, and, uh, but also God having created one that comes to tempt us. And so we have to be careful of that as well, you know, but I'm not afraid of it, but fight it. Because our fight is through God. Our fight is through Christ. Our fight is through the Word. The more you know Word, the more you can quote it against it. The more you know Word, the more the, you get a chance. I'm, I was going to say, the more the closer you are to, to, to God, but uh, that's not necessarily true. You can know a lot of Word and not be close to God. So my, my first thing I would tell you would be, would be pray and establish a relationship with Christ. That's where you need to start. And if you're already there, push forward because God will continue to work in your life. So I completely got out of my lines. So, so God promises uh, yeah, so God promises salvation from sin. This is a fallen world. By the way, this is something I wrote because it helps me, but uh, uh, this is not something you're going to find written in the Bible. It's me sharing me. Uh, but God promises salvation from sin. This is a fallen world. If we look at, uh, to politics, finances, entertainment, it's all corrupt. Fear is at the footsteps, ready to take over. Look what happened to, uh, when we were in co through COVID. You know, this is something that uh, is still a sore subject because, you know, it's pretty fresh. But uh, we all became terrified, including me. You know, I'm, I like to be always, you know, the strong guy. And, the, you know, that's, I grew up with lots of trouble, like I shared, you know, having to get out of my house at an early age. And that shaped me into a guy who is ready to fight. You know, before it was in a different way. Now he's ready to fight, meaning, you know, with my mouth. I don't fight my fists, but I fight with my mouth, with my heart. So through COVID, we became all afraid. We were afraid to actually get out of the house. I remember, I was telling my wife yesterday, talking about all this, uh, I remember going to Austin and thinking I was wearing a mask in my truck, you know, and thinking, is it okay for me to even lower the window? Is the air outside all right or not? And you guys know me, I, I, I don't wear a mask, I never really wore a mask, but at the beginning I did because it was on all over, the new, all over the news and it was like taking over the world. So how do we deal with fear? That's something that you guys need to question and, and understand it. How do we deal with fear? We can't be afraid. We know one thing, we came here not because this is what God had planned for us, but because sin entered through Adam and Eve, right? They got thrown out. Now we live in this place in what God promised that he was going to kill them. He said, if you eat of this tree, you should surely die. 
But he wasn't lying. We are going to die. This is not the life that we're meant to live. So, but our death, you can die once or twice. I heard that before. I still muscle it up to my head because it doesn't quite fit. But uh, for me, but uh, you know, when I die to Christ, that's the only death that I'm con- that I'm concerned about. That's that's the, when I did when I died because I I was, you know, in baptism. I was put under water, brought back up. But my my my. And salvation happened before that, right? And my salvation was through Christ. And my salvation saved me from the second death. I will never die again and go to hell. Because he's got me. Because, because my name is on his book. So, so that's what you need to worry about. That's what you need to think about. If you're saved, you don't need to worry about it. But I mean... You know, that's, that's the, the death that we, we should all be thinking of. Everything else should not bring fear, but it should bring us to our knees to pray. Not because I'm so afraid that I'm going to get on my knees, and hopefully, hopefully, the God that we talk about will do something about it. He's not that guy. He will definitely do something about it. How? To his glory. You know, so how is this going to happen? I don't know. It's going to be to his glory, not to my glory. So I may endure trials, but guess what? I just said it. I may endure trials, right? He'll carry me through it when I can't. And I will, why? Because it's to his glory and the people behind me and the people in front of me and the people around me that are all going to get to see at the end of it. At the beginning, you guys know the story of Job. The guy suffered like nobody. But at the end of the story, when everybody was telling him just, Throw away the God of yours and get you a new one. At the end of it, well, because he was so faithful that even at the very last moment, instead of just cursing God and finding himself a new God, he said, why are you doing this? He's still going to God. He might have been a complaint, but he was still complaining to God because he knew how real that God was. You know, so that's how we need to be. Always, 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 always know that God is it. There is nothing else. He calls himself the I am. All right. So, so uh, I wrote, but we're not alone. We are the leaders of the faith. We are the church. I know what I'm reading right now could actually be a little bit controversial, but bear with me, you know. But we are the leaders of the church. We are, so, we're the leaders of the faith. We are the church. If we crumble the community, crumbles with us. Because, you know, they have lost the cornerstone. We bring Christ to the world. Christ is the cornerstone. But so we cannot be in fear, walking in fear. If anything, when you feel that fear, just go straight to God. And tell people who God is. Tell your kids who God is. Instead of saying, man, I don't know what we're going to do. Man, let's pray. And pray for peace and understanding and pray for God to be the one who takes care of all this. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
that's our God. That brings us to the, to the second point. Fear only God. And that will get you some wisdom. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Am I doing all right on time? Or what? Yeah, okay. Uh, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, so uh, Jesus, you know, was preaching. And, uh, and so, but when the Pharisees, uh, the Pharisees, Pharisees, yeah, that fits. <laughs> but when the Pharisees heard, I got Pharisees are heard and made heresies, you know, so. Uh, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, uh, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, meaning the law, you know, that he was an expert on the law, so he was going to try to find a way to corner Christ. Ask him a question to, uh, to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? I mean, these guys knew the law. That's what they were. They were lawyers, right? So, and Christ replied, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. If we only did that, we got it. We made it. There's no need for Jesus. But we can't. So, Jesus, yeah, there is a need for Jesus. There is nothing else. So you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And he makes a point to say that. This is the, the great and first commandment. You have to do this first and foremost. And it's not a bad or if. You know, it's not a deal that you can say, well, if you do this, no. It's the only way into heaven. And he's telling this to who? To the Pharisees, right? Because he knows that they're not believing in him. He is Christ. So he's telling them, you, you better follow the law to a key. Absolutely all of it. You better put God above absolutely everything. Because otherwise, you're not going in. But they can't. We can't. Nobody can. <clears throat> and a second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So, who can do the second one? Who did the second one last week? Or even this morning? <laughs> so, <laughs> this morning, I looked at my notes and I had changed a little something in there, one of the points. And uh, man, I got nervous because when I looked at it again this morning, I started going through it. It didn't make any sense to me. And I got so confused. Ah, uh, man, we got in a big old argument. No, it, it wasn't us, it was her. It was, so. <laughs> no, I got nervous. My hands were shaking. I was like, I don't have time to correct this. And I, all of a sudden, I couldn't read. I couldn't see my letters anymore. Everything became blurred. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, so, so, yeah, so basically, everything we talked about, faith, fear, and now we're talking about, uh, what was it I just said? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Love your neighbor. Ask yourself. My closest neighbor is my wife. Yeah. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. I mean, I love her with all my heart. You know, God gave me a huge gift when he put her in my life. In fact, I walked in. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go into the story because I'm going to run out of time. <laughs> but uh, so, so, yeah, so basically, love your neighbor, ask yourself. Love your wife, love your children. Now, what does that look like? How do you love each other? Does that mean that you become an enabler and everything goes? Whatever they decide to do? Now we live in a crazy, crazy world. But they're trying to change the gender on kids. When they don't know how to go to the restroom yet. You know, they don't know how to fry an egg. But they can tell whether they want to be a boy or a girl. Are we serious? I mean, this is, this is a messed up as you can get. We're living in some crazy, crazy days. You know, the Bible talks about the times of Noah, and I can see him coming. You know, I don't know if maybe I'm over-reading, but, uh, but uh, times are changing too fast. I talk to Ruben all the time. We go to, like I said, we go to the gym together all the time, and I was talking to Ruben about when I was a kid, when I was probably 10 or whatever, there was no microwaves. Now, every house, every house has at least one. I work on big houses where, yeah, I, I work in big houses where they have multiple, you know, they got their fancy, you know, two, three, ten million dollar houses, and they got s several microwaves because one is not enough, and they never cook. But uh, my point is, there was almost no technology. There was no cell phones. There was rotary phones. You know, there was a uh, radio. People would listen to the radio, newspaper. You know, there was things that are going away. Payphone. When I came into the States, uh, I flew into Miami for the first time, and I brought $25 in change to make phone calls, to be able to go to payphones. All the stuff disappeared today. All the stuff is ancient. I mean, people don't even understand. If you put today a rotary payphone on an airport, Imagine Ruben showing up to look at it and go like, what is this thing for? Is it like an ice cream machine or something? You know, Yeah, so now put, put context to all of that. How fast this world is changing. What is happening? Where are we going? So we need to be ready for it. The world is changing really, really, really fast. So how do we love each other in a world like this where uh, nobody has more than 30 seconds to listen to you? You know, that's a, that's a question to be asked. I don't have the answer. But uh, you need to be faithful that God has the answer. You know, listening with faith. You know, hearing with faith. That's where we're at. God can do it. You know, in fact, uh, when difficult times come, more and more people are searching for him because more and more people are feeling broken and in need. You know, so that's it's sad to say to them, but, you know, but uh, it's to our advantage. Because we come here to live like Christ, but also to profess Christ, to tell people about him, right? So to love, this is something I wrote again. Uh, I'm not saying this, I wrote this. I'm saying, you know, God gave me this to, to write, but I'm saying this. Not, you're not going to find this in the Bible, so I'm not quoting Bible here. To love doesn't mean 
that you're soft or weak or you cry a lot. And I say this, and you guys saw me here several times tear up and choke up because I, especially when I read his scripture, and I'm doing it right now. So it's all right to, to choke up. It's all right to feel emotions when you know that uh, you're talking about him and you're talking about the God that is coming to bring that option to absolutely everybody that is willing to hear with faith. So it's a beautiful thing, you know. And it's an amazing thing that we get to be a part of that and, and bring that word to people. So to love like Christ means that you embrace the difficulties, that you fight through the struggles, that you love without the buts or ifs. You know, there is there's going to be my my brother. My brother is not somebody that who's going to church or anything. But when things got difficult in his life, he called me up and he said, "Hey, man, I know that," and he's. He said this crying to me on a message. He left me a message. Uh, man, I know that, I, that you see things different. Help me out. How can I deal with this? Him and his wife were having problems. And man, what an opportunity to actually bring Christ into it, right? So be ready. And when somebody brings you something like that, don't even hesitate. First thing you got to say is, me, Christ. And that, what, what I usually tell people is, you know me, I'm a Christian, so I can't tell you something else. That's usually what, the first words that come out of my mouth. You know me, I'm a Christian, so I can't tell you, well, man, just, no, I got to take you to Christ. I got to tell you, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that now, are you a Christian? If you're not a Christian, let's pray right now. Let me pray for you. A lot of times if you say, let's pray, they think, oh, he's asking me. Well, and they all like, hey, wait up. I did that myself. But if you actually say, let me pray for you. Can I pray for you? Or do you, don't even say that. Just bow your head and pray right there. Yeah, it's, it can be difficult. But I tell you what, once you did it, it's done. And it'll show them that it's, it wasn't that bad. You know, and now you got somebody who's looking for prayer. Okay, so, <clears throat> so God made us knowing that, that also before I go to that, when I said that uh, uh, to love doesn't mean to, to be soft or weak. I mean, soft or weak. We can be kind. We can be loving. You know, uh, I walk in and first thing I do is I hug people. Her stepbrother calls me the hugger, you know. Uh, but uh, that's not being soft or weak. That's being loving, you know, so be loving. Okay, so God made us knowing that we would fail time and time again, but he still gave us free will. Still, he always had a plan to redeem us to him. He wrote the law in our hearts. Why did he, you know, we read that before. He wrote the law in our hearts. Why would he do that? And this is something that I believe, you know, I know that God gave it to me yesterday because I, when, he, when I wrote it, I was, you know, I was having a hard time writing it. 
He, the, he wrote the law in our hearts. So we will recognize him when he calls us. I'm sure there's a Bible verse to go with that, right? You know, I don't have it, but I didn't think about looking it up. He gave us faith as a gift. So, he so we would hear with faith. And lastly, but first of all, Jesus was born to carry our sins to the cross. So we're talking about the Son of God. I'm talk we're talking about God himself. Again, go to John 1, 1, and you'll understand why I say that. But uh, he comes over. He's born in this place, in a broken world, and in the flesh. The same body that me and you are carrying around, right? That we're walking around, feeling everything we feel. In fact, I would say that he probably felt even more, more temptations and more of the, the bad things of the world because the devil was probably throwing everything at him, you know. He was tempting him continuously. Not only the time that he went to the desert and the, the devil tempted him there, not only that time, but every single day of his life since he was born all the way into his crucifixion, you know. At the crucifixion, there's a guy who tells him, if you're God, why don't you just get down? You know, I mean, the, the guy got tempted day in and day out and never, never failed. He never gave in because he was not only fully man, but I wrote that he was 100%. Well, I'm actually going into my next point here. Well, that's all right. He was 100% man and he was 100% God. So at times you might run into people who come on and tell you, yeah, but it was easy for him because he wasn't just a guy. He wasn't like me and you. He was God. And my answer is like, wow, you got it. He was God. He still is God. You know, he's 100% God. So what is your problem with that? You know, and like I said, I'm fasting. As you can see it right now. I started a little chill and now I'm getting out of my cell. But, uh, but so, so that's who God is. You know, God, Jesus is the guy who came out to die for our sins. Jesus is the guy that came out because me and you couldn't do it. Because we live our lives. And even though he gave us the law, he even wrote in our hearts so we can recognize right and wrong. When I did the, all the wrong things I've done through my life, I always knew inside of me that I wasn't supposed to. But I went ahead. Why? He wrote the law in our hearts. The law was written as a road, as a, I, I've said this a bunch of times, but, I, you know, he wrote the law. He gave the, the Hebrews the law as a roadmap to him. But he knew they weren't going to be able to get it. And he continues to give more options. And then eventually he brings Christ, and Christ gets denied on his own people. But what does he do then? Does he say, okay, I'm done with all of you and kill you all? No, he still has another plan for them. There's the seven years of tribulation coming, and at the end of that, they come out for another chance, for a thousand years to be there again, you know, and accept Christ. At the end of that, there's, there's a different story there. You know, that's the ones who choose them, go with them, the ones that don't, that's the end for them. But, uh, but that is God. God is his uh, mercies are new every morning. He's, you know, we wake up every morning and we get a chance again to choose him. So, okay. We're going to go, that was uh, point three, brings us to love like he did.
So, let's go to Isaiah 25.8. Is that my last one? Yeah. Okay. So, we're maybe early? No? Perfect. Okay. Good. I was trying to make sure I didn't go too fast. But I, so Isaiah 25.8, he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. That is amazing, powerful, and inspiring. You know, think about he will swallow up death. There is going to be an end to what we know is coming, right? Give me one second. I got allergies. Eh? Yes. So, uh, he will swallow up death. The death, not only he came out and defeated it once, but actually he's coming over and defeated it forever. For our benefit, he is God. He will never die, but he's bringing us back to him, and his promise is that forever. This is the, the, he's bringing an end to all of that. So what is our job? You know, if I want you to live today with a message with all this, what is our job? What, is, what are we supposed to be doing here? First of all, hearing with faith. Second of all, have no fear. It's a catchy phrase, I have no fear for the Lord is here, you know. But I have no fear. Why? Because you walk with the Almighty. You walk with the God of all creation. There is no reason for you to ever be afraid of anything if you're acting in the way that He's calling you to. If you're hearing with faith. If you're hearing with faith implies an action. If you are active on hearing and going after what He's calling you to do, right? Lead your family. Start from there. And when you encounter people, bring Christ into their lives. Show Christ in the way that you live. And the last one is love like Christ loved us and still does. So that's feeding the poor, all those things. Yeah, great. What about your immediate family? And one of the things that I've heard a bunch of times, different pastors through the years say, what will people say the day that you're gone? Man, he was a pain in the rear. Or was, or is, can I say that here? I did. Okay. But, uh, or, well, they say, well, he was a hard guy, in my case. He was a hard guy, but he loved the Lord and never wavered. I don't know that I can say that, but, uh, man, I hope that one day I can say that knowing that I never did because he, he deserves all the glory, but because my God is all that is and all that I ever want. You know, and so I hope that one day when I, when I die, people understand that I never wavered, not because I'm so mighty and so powerful, but because he is. And he gave me a faith that never left me. He gave me the chance to love him in a way that I couldn't even understand to explain it today. So let's close. Let's close in prayer. Uh, Father God, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be here today. I thank you because you gave me something to talk, to talk about and uh, something that, uh, that comes from you, Lord. 
So I pray, Lord, that uh, that today everybody would actually get a chance to uh, to actually go home and go through some of the things we talked about and and use them in life. But uh, more than anything, I pray, Lord, for uh, Your will to be done on each and every one of our lives. I pray that uh, that we understand that uh, the hearing with faith is not just listening, but it's hearing, getting up, and going and walking the way You call us to. So what does that look like? We're all different, Lord. I pray that everybody would actually get their understanding of what you're calling us to do. I pray that, uh, that you will be done in our lives, that Christ would be who we represent. I pray, Lord, that our church would be a cornerstone, a place of light, because you dwell in it, and because you guide us, and because you uh, heal our brokenness, and because you profess your word through us, Lord. So, Lord, I ask you for uh, for your blessings. I ask you for your peace. And I ask you for uh, for you, Lord. You and us. I thank you and I love you. In the, number, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray all this. Amen. He became sin no sin we might become his righteousness humbled himself carried the cross his love so amazing his love so amazing Messiah, name above all names, our blessed Redeemer, He is Emmanuel, He's the rescue for sinners. Yes, he's the ransom from heaven. Our Jesus Messiah. He's the Lord of all. His body, the bread, but the wine broken and poured out all for love but the whole earth trampled and the veil was torn his love so amazing love so amazing Jesus the name above all names, our blessed Redeemer, He is Emmanuel, Emmanuel, He's the rescue from sinners. He's the ransom from heaven. Jesus.
Jesus Messiah, the Lord of all. All our hope is in you. All our hope is in you. All the glory to you, God. The light of the world. All our hope is in you. All our hope is in you. All the glory to you, God. You're the light of the world. Jesus Messiah, the name above all names, our blessed Is a man you will, a man you will. He's a rescue for sinners. He's the ransom from heaven. Our Jesus Messiah, the Lord of all. Jesus Messiah, He's the Lord of all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have you to follow, we have you to trust in, not in ourselves. God, thank you for the word that you brought this morning through Al, showing us what it really is to, to listen to you, to hear your voice and follow it. But I just pray that you would accomplish that in us this week. All the glory to you, Lord, the one that we follow, the one that we trust, and the one we're listening to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.